All right, what's up, guys? We're live for the 113th installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. What's going on? Knock this earlier today. Let's line it back up so it's centered. Um, we're doing five skills every man needs in this uh, show tonight. There's a hell of a lot more, but um, yeah, I had to narrow it down to five for you guys. People like listicles. Give me a list of stuff to do, right? That's what, that's what we like. Human beings love their listicles. Not to be confused with other <laughs> ickles. Um, I'm going to drop the call-in link here for StreamYard. Um, tell me if my audio is clean tonight. I made some slight changes after inquiring with uh, good folks at StreamYard, and uh, hopefully we fix the fading in and out of the audio that was happening last week. We'll see. You guys let me know if the audio is clean. Um, anyway, so the link's there. Uh, I'll pin it up at the top. And of course, as always, if you're watching elsewhere on the interwebs, perfect. Thanks, guys. Uh, do me a solid. Head over to the YouTubes and um, go watch over there. Subscribe, hit like, all that good stuff. Come watch over at YouTube. Boom. And there's a link. Okay, let's get right into it. Um, we should have lots of time for Q&A tonight so you guys can bring whatever questions you want. Um, ask me anything. Got a disagreement, bring a disagreement, but bring a solution to your disagreement as well. Happy to chop that up. Um, what should we start with? Okay, well, I'll list the five. There's These are essential skills that all guys need to learn. The younger that you learn them, the better off you're going to be. Um, there's the question of money physical competency skills, discipline, the part that of course deals with women, you know, your sexual strategy and assessing situations. So I'll explain them one by one. And, um, you know, you guys let me know in the chat if there's something you want me to expand on or something you want to add to this. This stupid mic won't go down. So I'm going to lower the table. There we go. Should sit about right there. All right, let's do this. So let's talk about making bank. Um, I've said this many, many times, and I will continue to repeat it until I am cold and dead six feet under, but men need to learn how to make it rain. You need to learn how to make bank. Uh, I've covered in episodes in-depth uh, wealth creation uh, sources like conventional sources. We've talked about C-suite jobs, uh, licensed professionals, doctors, lawyers, accountants, that sort of stuff. Um, there's other ways to make vast uh, fortunes as well if you're... If you've able to command an audience, uh, actors, musicians, even an influencer, whatever, uh, high ticket sales, you get a percentage of what you're selling. Of course, the more expensive the item is, jets are going to net higher commission than a $200,000 home as a real estate agent. So contemplate that with entrepreneurship and their STEM. Um, I covered that in depth in the last month in at least two different episodes. So if you want the complete rundown go back about three or four weeks and you'll find them there. Um, I will I will mention a few other points when it comes to making a bank. Um, you don't have the luxury that others have out there. If you're a dude, you don't have the luxury of putting your hand out and shit just sort of falls into it. Uh, you'll get the very bare minimum if you're a man. Um, you know, th there's, there's lots of benefits out there to being the uh, fair sex and other opportunities that exist, but... From, from the get-go, and I've always said this and I will maintain it, um, you need to figure out how to make yourself worth about a million bucks, minimum. And even that today is low. 
is relatively low. Like when I first started talking about this several years ago, we didn't have this ridiculous level levels of inflation that we've experienced over the last couple of years. Um, you know, thanks to our wonderful policymakers. But um, a bare minimum, million bucks by the time you're 30, at the very latest 40. Some people balk, they get really pissed off. Rich doesn't understand. There's not enough money out there. It's impossible to do, blah, blah, blah. Cry me a fucking bill. Okay. Um, let me break down the math for you. If you do it over five years, that works out to $547 a day. If you pack up $547 a day after taxes, you know, whatever uh, set aside you want to create obstacles, you've got a million bucks. You want to do it over two years, it's $1,369.86 a day. You can't tell me you can't figure out a way to make that kind of bank. Don't do it the conventional ways. The conventional ways don't work. You will need to innovate. You will need to think um, outside of the conventional box because all that we've been told our entire lives, guys, go get your degree. Uh, go get a J-O-B, just over broke. Sign up for that career and um, go make some money. You're, you're tax cattle. You're, you're paying enormous amounts of, of, of taxes, working uh, ridiculous hours, usually in jobs that you don't even care about, solving problems that aren't that interesting to you, just so you can pay a mortgage, put a roof over your head, and in some cases, you have a family or not. It doesn't really matter. But you get the idea. Solving your money problems is huge. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on this. I'll spend more on the other four items. I did cover money in the last month. I talked specifically in at least three or four different videos, including the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. So go back and watch those. Um, let's talk about physical competency skills. Um, actually, wait, sorry, before I get to the physical competency skills. Um, the significance of the being able to make it rain, aka making bank, figuring out your financial issues solves so many problems it creates options do not overlook this it's important it's i'm going to say one at the top two for sure because money solves that many problems for people anybody that tells you the money's the root of all evil or um you know money can't buy you happiness these dumb people don't have any money and they don't know where to shop i've never seen a guy sitting in an exotic car or lamborghini a nice car crying or looking sad they're always happy okay good for that let's go to physical competency skills physical competency skills this is a this is a very very basic one you know if we're being honest like anybody can achieve this i get there's some people are going to struggle like how do i you know how do i go and get this job or how do i lean into this if i already got all these debts or they've already got me slave to the grind like those are the common complaints right is like how do i go and make that money okay what's stopping you from getting up in the morning getting out of bed and doing 20 push-ups. Can't do 20, do 15. Can't do 15, do 10. Can't do one on the ground, stand up against the wall and do a wall push-up. Don't tell me that you can't embrace physical competency, okay? Building a strong masculine frame. Can you fight? Do you know how to fight? Serious question, right? Because for decades, I spent a lot of time going to the gym, picking up heavy shit, putting it down, building very physically strong, masculine body, uh, low body fat, broad shoulders, narrow waist. And then it dawned on me one day, I was like, how the hell do I defend myself if I have to fight? Because I'm, I'm now traveling. Like, I've got money to travel to weird places, with some odd-looking characters that you have to size up, depending on the time of day, depending on the part of the city you're in, 
depending on who you're with and what you know about where you're at. And it dawned on me, how do I, how do I handle a situation like that? Because people will typically just leave you alone if you're big, strong, and imposing looking. That's the benefit to it. That's, that's one of the first benefits is people just leave you the fuck alone, right? They don't want to get into an altercation or fight with you if you look like you can fuck shit up. Physical competency skills go beyond just looking a certain part. Obviously, being strong, being healthy, living in a physically strong body. I still, to this day, go down through all these different kinds of rabbit holes. Let me show you something I've been working on real quick. Hold on. I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to document this separately on my other channel. But there's this, there's this MRT uh, test that I did a few weeks ago. It's called the Mediator Release Test. And it's the most complete blood test for food and food chemical sensitivities. And... I've put together, like, this is how geeky that I go down these rabbit holes when it comes to physical competency. I want to get rid of as much inflammation in my body as possible. So I've had my blood pulls, a $1,000 test. I'm going to tell you guys in the next three weeks exactly what kind of results I got out of running this. I'll be straight up forward. I'll tell you exactly what I get out of this. This is how down in the weeds that I get, but I'm talking about basic physical competency skills. You should, like, honestly, guys today, if... If you're a teenager or older, 16, 17 year old, like 16 year old, if you're a 16 year old man and older, you should be able to do 100 push ups over the course of about 15, 20 minutes. I'm not saying you got to do 100 straight, but do 20, take a break for a few minutes, do 20, like do that five times, you've got 100 push ups. You would not be surprised, sorry, you would be surprised at the amount of men that can't even come close to that. It, you know, it's a simple task of, of physical strength. Beyond that, once you've got physical strength and you can use it, you can deploy it in certain areas, right? Um, you've got to move heavy shit around your house. You, you, know, you want to jack up a car and uh, change a, uh, a tire. You know, a tire on a rim, if you're swapping out summers for winters, is a basic skill, you know, for being honest. It's a physical competency skill. But that sort of thing might weigh 45 or 50 pounds. There's a lot of people out there, if they un unbolted them. I mean, most people don't even know how to change a freaking tire, but if they unbolted them, they would have difficulty pulling it off, getting it off. They wouldn't know how to shimmy it off, right? These are just basic things. So learn how to fight, be able to, to do basic physical challenges, squat. You know, you should be able to squat your body weight. You should be able to bench press your body weight for reps. Um, I'm in a signal chat with a few of my boys and just for shits and giggles, we started calling each other out. Oh, so-and-so can't do this. You can't do that. So we started posting videos of ourselves doing body weight for reps, right? Um, I'm about 215. I mean, I did 225s on the bar, which is 245s, and I probably punched out like eight or nine, right? Like you should be able to do that. And I'm not a young man. I'm not a spring chicken, okay? I've been around for a while. You should be able to do these things. If I can do it, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do it. And then the last thing when it comes to the physical part is the 1.62 golden ratio. There's absolutely no freaking reason why you should be walking around fat. It's, it's inexcusable, it's unnecessary, it slows you down, it closes doors for you, it, it reduces options in all areas of life, not just women, but get it sorted out. And it's real easy to do. Um, but, uh, I don't have a proper tape measure here, but just find something that you can write on with a uh, dry erase marker. Stand up against your glass shower door, uh, stainless steel refrigerator, something that's you know wide enough that you can mark on either side. And all you do is you take a dry erase marker, you mark your shoulder, and then the shoulder up against it. Then you mark your waist, and then this side of the waist, 
then you take your measurement and then you divide the short part into the wide part. And if your ratio is 1.62 or better, you're good. If you're talking one to one, like your waist is as wide as your shoulders, because you got narrow shoulders and a wide waist, you have work to do. There's like playing video games and fucking around and, you know, surfing the internet or looking at OnlyFans or whatever it is that dorks are doing that are, that are stopping them from getting serious about making bank and taking their physicality serious. I'll tell you right now, I, I, have, I have zero fucking tolerance for anybody that shows up at one of my events out of shape. They will hear about it. They will fucking hear about it, the whole fucking event from me. And they will do something about it if they're going to stick around. Otherwise, they're out. Okay? Physical competency skills, understand and own the basic. Shouldn't be that hard. Uh, Chin-ups are another really simple measurement, right? Um, you should be able to lift your body weight up multiple times. Seven, eight, ten times would be ideal. Ten or more is great. Ten or more is great. Let's talk about some disciplinary stuff. <clears throat> Gotta get in. I'm not allowed to drink fucking anything else right now, too, because of this food sensitivity thing that I'm doing for the next couple of weeks. So I gotta drink something called a Roubois tea. R O O I B O I. Call it Roubois. The flavors are off the table with the exception of that, apparently. I'll fill you in later on that. Anyway, um, discipline. Discipline. Managing weight, managing terrible tendencies, i.e. simping, uh, you know, triple texting chicks, uh, discipline to go to the gym, discipline to go to the dojo and fight, discipline to uh, take things like cold showers or cold plunges. Um, this also ties into time management. One of the questions that people ask me a lot is, how do you manage your time better? And I, I don't really understand how to manage my time. And how does one manage it? Fucking discipline, 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 discipline. It all comes back to discipline. This is a skill that you must learn. I know that it's not taught in school. And I know that a lot of people don't teach you this anymore. There was a marshmallow test. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the marshmallow test, but they used to do this. I used to, but it was a test that they initiated decades ago where they would sit a small child down and they followed them for their lifetime. I think about 30 years kid was about four years old at the time, in and around that baby, young. Not a toddler, but not a not a, like an elementary school type of uh, kid. And they'd follow them for 30 odd years of life, and they put a marshmallow down in front of the kid, and they said to the kid, you can have that right now, or you can wait, 15 minutes, whatever it happened to be, or you can wait, and if you wait, we'll give you two marshmallows. Now, you can do this with a cookie with your kids, you can do it with a marshmallow, it doesn't matter what it happens to be, but it's a test of discipline. And the interesting thing about that test is they followed these kids over their lifetime. And the ones that were able to wait for the second marshmallow that had the discipline, the ability to um, delay gratification, I guess is probably a better way for it. So if they, if they had the ability to delay gratification for that second marshmallow, they did far better in their life. It's a discipline. You can teach your kids discipline at an early age if you give them the marshmallow, marshmallow test and explain to them why waiting is a better choice, right? Discipline is a key, key skill you have to learn. You don't like cold water, take cold showers. I, you know, it's one of the things I talked about in my book, okay? The second edition is out, by the way. Stand in cold uncomfortably cold water, no heat whatsoever for as long as you can. Can you do it for three minutes? I did a cold plunge today. So one of the things that I do to reinforce these skills in myself 
I have a membership at, at one of these, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a spa or whatever, but it's one of these health centers. And they've got a isolation tank, so you can get in that thing for an hour. You're sitting on uh, basically heavily dense salt water, and you just meditate in there. That's one thing to do. They also have these contrast rooms where it's hot and cold. And I'll go and I'll work up a massive sweat for 20 minutes, get out of the sauna, and then I'll go into a cold plunge. It's, it's a bathtub. It's basically a giant bathtub. It's a forge. And it's refrigerated down to about three, four degrees Celsius. It's not warm. It's freaking cold. And I can sit in that now for about three to four minutes. Most I've ever done is five or six minutes, close to six minutes, I think. It's very, very uncomfortable. And if you have the discipline to sit there and take that shit, if your body has the discipline to just take the discomfort and in some cases pain, because your extremities don't retain heat that well or insulate. So your toes and your feet and your calves especially get very, very cold. It's the first few times that I started doing it, it's, it's almost impossible to stand on your legs after you come out of the cold punch because your calves and feet are like practically frozen. Okay. If you have the discipline to do difficult things, like I always say, do the work. If you have the discipline to do these things, then you, you can have the discipline to start a business, to study, to get a professional designation, to become a doctor or a lawyer or a, a financial planner or something like that. Discipline goes hand in hand with all these things. Discipline is being able to walk away from your video game console or your computer when there's a game that you like and you're like, no, fuck it, I have things I have to do. I don't have the money that I want. I don't have the body that I want, right? You want to you infuse a little bit of discipline in it? Like if you're a gamer or you like watching series or uh, shows or, or, or things like that that aren't the best use of your time and you lack the discipline, when there's a break between sequences, you know, uh, whatever, loading up a new map on a, a game or there's a commercial break on a show that you're watching because you, you can't pull yourself away from it, Get down on the floor and do some sit-ups. Get down on the floor and do some push-ups for the duration of the break. And then get back up and go and play your game or watch a show or something like that. Start with something. All of this shit comes from within you, right? You got to take these things seriously, man. You should have a gym membership. You should be going on a regular basis three days a week. If you're younger, you can probably pull off four days a week and not even overtrain, right? You should have a membership at a, a dojo, a fight club, whatever the hell it is you want to call it. You should have something like this, right? I'm not saying go out and spend a vast fortune and get private one-on-one -on -one lessons. I will tell you that they are far more effective, far more effective. I was, I was taking boxing, private boxing classes for three years, right? I loved it. I loved it. But it's a young man's sport. Um, I did everything. You know, I got as good as I possibly could get. But I had the discipline to go. Even when I didn't want to fucking go, even when I didn't want to go, I had my... I had my trainer, my my coach, text message. Hey man, I can't make it at uh, twelve o'clock tonight. You know, can we, you know, can we move it to next week or or skip it? Or I was like, no, man, you got to do this. You know, like what time works? Eight a.m. Tell me. Six a.m. I'll be there. You let me know. And I had fucking discipline. Every week, twice a week for three years straight, I was training. Sometimes three times a week because I would go in on uh, the weekends when he would have a few of the other guys come in. We would do some sparring. So discipline, manage your weight. I mean, do you have the discipline to, to, to live at a healthy weight? Again, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not a young man, but broad shoulders, narrow weight. I've got visible abs. 
you know, I took the body fat calipers that I have and I grabbed some, some body fat a couple of days. Ago. I wanted to see where I was at reading 13, 13 and a half percent body fat. I don't know if that's completely accurate. You squeeze it right, but it's slow, right? Because I have the discipline to do all these things. Why can't you? You and I are no different. We're not. Manage your weight. Manage terrible tennis. Have the discipline not to simp. That's the other thing too. Simping is a real serious problem in today's world. Guys will double, triple text. I see these screenshots all the time. You know, we have this ladies' night show on Wednesday night, and you guys are starting to hear some of the stupid shit that guys are doing that's turning women off because they don't have the discipline to put some distance between themselves and somebody and be a little less available. Bear in mind, she will chase you if you're a top-shelf man, but not simping is, is like, incredibly difficult for, for guys. I mean, you know, we go on these uh, ladies' night podcasts, and, you know, sometimes we'll pull up her Instagram, and it's like, oh, you know, I just like to do the Instagram because, you know, I like, you know, I like the way that I look or whatever, and it's like, it's all dudes. It's all dudes simping for, like, not even a great chick. Really, like not even a great chick. The vast majority of them aren't great. But dudes will simple like crazy, man. You get the point. Like get some discipline going on in your life. Do a hundred push-ups a day. Seriously. It's not hard. 20, 20, 20. Like just do five sets of 20. Right? Do 10 sets of 10, whatever. Do do things that are hard that you don't want to do. That's what creates discipline in you. Move on. Um, the link to join in, I see there's somebody waiting to hop in on the call segment. The link to join in is pinned at the top. I'll get to the call segment after I'm doing my list here. Uh, let's go to number four. We'll talk about women. Um, this is a skill that you need to learn, guys, because guys, myself included, doesn't matter if you're a like a plugged-in alpha or a beta or anything in between. You're mostly plugged in when you're younger. That's fine. I get it. We were all lied to. Just be a nice guy. You know, be your friend. Be a shoulder to cry on. Blah, blah, blah. All that bullshit. If you've been around for a while, you know it doesn't work. <clears throat> I've covered this extensively in this podcast list, in the Before the Trainwreck podcast list. I've covered it extensively on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. I've covered it extensively in the book. Have you read the book? The second edition is out. Guys, get it. Leave a review when you've when you've gone through it. The updates to the book make it worth it. Even if you have the first edition and you're like, do I need it? It's a couple bucks. Grab it, read it. There's updates in there. And there's also some added new um, field reports from my editor. And they're quite good. I've, I've gone through them all. The audio book will be out soon too. I know some people like to listen. Um, we recorded it a few weeks ago. It should be out very soon, hopefully before the end of the year. But pay attention to what women respond to, not what you've been told they respond to. Um, a very comfortable way to do this is to, honestly, guys, I'm I'm still contemplating doing a, a sequence or a series on stand-up comedy because everything that I've seen in stand-up comedy that talks about relationships the dynamics between men and women, how they respond and react to each other is like 100% true because people are laughing at it because there's truth to it. 
you go back to the old Patrice O'Neill stuff, Andrew Dice Clay, Eddie Murphy, even back from like the 80s, 70s, all that shit is 100% accurate. If you want to entertain yourself and get your head around what women actually respond to, watch some stand-up comedy. I might do some breakdowns in the future. You guys let me know if that's something that's up your alley. I don't even know if I could do it actually because a lot of the content is, or all of it will be um, copyright infringement issues. Um, so I wouldn't be able to play it. I mean, I could probably cite paragraphs. I'll figure out how to do that. But I would like to, at some point, uh, break down some stand-up comedy from that angle. Um, understand the vetting process when it comes to dealing with chicks. Because still, guys will call into my shows and they'll say like, Hey, Rich, you know, I'm 29. I got this gal in my life. Okay, well, how old is she? Oh, well, she's 41. Oh, okay. She had kids. Yeah, she's got three kids with two different fathers, and, you know, she wants to get married. It's like, stop. Still, you know, like, these will still happen to this day. Um, guys, you don't even have to get the book. I mean, if you don't have the financial resources, I mean, 16 bucks. Where's my email list thing here? Uh, do, 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 do. my tickers are all open okay here we go is that it no anyway the email list is rich is entrepreneursandcars.com uh for forward slash uh red dash red dash flags i'm just gonna type it out in here uh, do a banner here's our sanity lesson get the red flag chapter to type it out for <laughs> that's okay um forward slash red dash flags simple as that okay scroll across the bottom there's your ticker get it just get on the email list guys it's completely free you can download it absolutely for free like the very basic fundamental understanding a skill that you should have is spotting red flags. It is not hard. It is actually entertaining and fun once you understand what red flags are and why they're red flags. And that's for free. Available there. Email list. Get on it. I am, by the way, going to have my editor, uh, Steve from Accounting, draft up field reports for my email list based on interpretations from Ladies Night because there's a lot of nuggets and stories in there. That I can't specifically connect a whole bunch of dots for live. I, mean, I typically look at the camera and be like, hey, are you unplugging and seeing the code in the matrix? Do you see what's happening here live on the show? Um, you know, we have to maintain a degree of professionalism when we're dealing with these uh, gals. We want to make sure that they uh, come back. And you know, we're always able to get guests for you guys to have these dynamics of conversations. But if you get on the email list, you're going to get like the raw, uncut, unplugged sort of version of what's being seen there. As Steve from accounting would put it together. Understand. So, chicks, number four, watch the videos, read the book, pay attention to the podcast, get the 21 red flag list so you understand what's happening. Watch stand up comedy. I'm telling you, Bill Burr, uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, his old two ones, Andrew Dice Clay, um, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker, anything out there that they've ever said, Patrice O'Neill, anything out there that they've ever said. Um, Tom uh, Segura is fantastic as well, is very, very accurate when it comes to comedy around relationships and women. So if you want to learn with some comedy and some laughs, do it that way. It's pretty straightforward, but learn women. 
understand how they work. I'm not going to explain how the intimacy part works because this is YouTube. This is not Pornhub or some shit like that. Um, Sterling Cooper's got some good guides out there. Um, there's also, uh, I can't remember the dude's name. There's a book called The Sex God. It's a little bit older, but uh, relevant today still too. Straightforward stuff. Uh, I mean, not just understanding women, but understanding what they respond to well when it comes to bedroom fun, intimacy. You know what I'm saying? And then let's do the last one before we start taking some call-in stuff. Ladies and gentlemen. Most um, Assessing situations. So this isn't one that I was sure that I was going to put on this list. Like I crossed out sizing up. I crossed out time management. And I think assessing situation is really, really important. So I talk about why I think guys should own a motorcycle in my book. So people get pissed off. Oh, you're encouraging people to ride motorcycles and they're so dangerous and that's irresponsible of you. Blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Motorcycles are cool. They're thrilling to ride. They're a fantastic bang for your buck. And they also teach you things like situational awareness. They also teach you how to assess situations because if you don't and you suck at it, bad things can happen. Um, that's probably the first time in my life. I, mean, I think I got my motorcycle license. I was 18 or maybe. I was still a teenager. I got my M license back then. And that was the first time in my life that I came to the realization that this skill, learning how to ride a bike, having the dexterity and the balance and all sorts of stuff to ride the bike is one thing. But it's also teaching you the life skill of awareness and sizing things up, right? Because, I mean, you pay attention to not just the direction of the vehicles, where the guy's looking in the car as you pay attention to the driver because you want to make the eye contact. Um, you see their intentions, right? Like they sort of lead. And this is a skill that you can use in other areas of life, sizing up situations, assessing situations. Um, we all remember what happened a few years ago with the scandemic. And I think it was around January, February of that year that they started talking about it. Oh, we're going to have to do. Oh, air travel started getting, you know, slowed down. Oh, air travels, you know, you know, we're going to stop some air travel. Oh, no, we're going to have to put in some uh, temperature management at airports and measure people's temperature to see if they have... Uh, uh, fevers and you know things like that. Oh no, we should wear these masks too, and eye protection, and gloves, and hand disinfectant, and stand on dots. Remember all that? It was it was a game that went on for a good couple of years, and the vast majority of the population fell for it, nodded their head. Yep, I'll stand on dots. Yep, how many shots you want me to take? Five, six, seven. Got it. Jam, jab, jab. Take them all. I'll be honest with you. It was it was. January, February, when it first started taking notice, I started talking to my parents because they're obviously elderly. And I said, look, you know, you guys stay home. We'll get your groceries for you. We'll sweat it. You know, we'll see what this is all about sort of thing. January, February. So it was January, February, March, April. It was by about April. So about two months later that I started realizing. And you can go back on my Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. There's a video on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel. It's titled Sheeple the Dot Standing People. And I'm pretty sure I, I published that around April-ish, maybe May, April-ish. Um, but a few months after, they started fear-mongering and telling people that um, very, very bad things were going to happen. The stock market 
you know, the markets were all corrected. You know, they went for a big fat nosedive. Everybody was scared. People were walking down the street in freaking masks in broad daylight with nobody around them. People would be driving around in cars with their windows up, wearing eye protection and masks and gloves. Nobody else in the car. It just didn't make any sense. And again, you know, it 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 took a lot of their mainstream media fear mongering, blah blah blah. This be careful, you know, you're all going to die. You know, uh, the mortality rate, blah, 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 and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, I kept looking for information outside of what they were saying because I wanted to assess the situation. And I came to the conclusion within a couple of months, this is bullshit. I don't know anybody that's dropping dead. This is overhyped. This is over-exaggerated. Why are they doing this? The mortality rates, I was getting data on that. I'm like, this is not adding up, right? And then, of course, you know, you had to be super careful about how you talked about it. Even today, you say too much about it but assessing a situation like that stopped me from doing something stupid like taking an experimental yeah there's a lot of people that took it blindly followed you know what said. Some people are not around today so you have to get good at, ass at assessing situations as a man you have to assess dangers as you travel you know if you're like i remember going through uh, barcelona once um Sun was going down. Things started to look a little bit dodgy. Dodgy characters started walking around, and you got to make a call, especially if you're around people that you care about, and you want to protect, about what to do in you know situations like that. Do you know what to do, where to go, how to navigate your way around? You know what the most direct route or the or the best route is back to, you know where is it you're staying or to a safer area that's more public and open sort of thing. These are these are basic skills, you know, situational awareness, assessing situations, sizing people up. What are their intentions? There's um, videos all the time on social media, and you know, you'll see, um, you know, a couple people on, um, I don't know, like a bus terminal or a subway platform or something like that. And there's like a, a dodgy-looking character, you know, kind of like looking around and sizing them up and doing some, some of this like swaying back and forth and you know you kind of look at these people like okay well are they on drugs are they stoned are they drunk you know why are they, why are they moving closer to me you know as they sort of step back and then they'll sort of just run in and grab something it could be money it could be uh, french fries i saw one the other day big fat dude runs in and grabs some french fries you know tries to run off and it's like if you anticipate and size up situations before they happen that you can avoid potentially dangerous and problematic thing, right? I'm constantly assessing everything that I'm doing. Um, if you guys have followed me and watched me for a while, you'll know, yeah, unfortunately the audio is off tonight. That's crazy. Dreamyard's letting me down again. There's one other thing that I can uh, change, which will hopefully fix the clipping. I, I didn't do it tonight, but I'll do it for the next show, but there. So being able to assess people and size them up to see what they're made of can save you a vast headache of absolute nonsense and bullshit. Intuition is a major weapon. Somebody just mentioned in the comments. It also applies to business opportunities. It applies to women. It applies to people that you network and that you work with. I mean, look, I've said this very openly. One of the reasons why I don't deal with man of swamp creators is because most of them are not good men or good at being men. Right? So I just don't put myself in the same category, in the same room as those people. Lovingly, keep them at distance, go off and do my own thing, right? Assessing situations, seeing what people are made of. 
And a lot of the hunches that I had panned out to be true, right? Get good at assessing people and sizing them up. And the way you do this, by the way, I mean, there's natural ways you can do it. You know, I talked about a, a proven way with motorcycles because it forces you to assess. It forces you to have situational awareness. It's not an easy skill to develop, but find a mentor, okay? You can find a mentor by watching YouTube videos. I mean, you know, this in some form or another is um, a way of mentorship, you know, I suppose. But at, at any opportunity that you have, if you have the choice between sitting around and getting uh, shit-faced drunk and playing video games or, you know, something like that for hours on end, or sitting with a seasoned member of your family, an adult, grandfather, grandmother, uh, you know, a, a business owner, if there's a uh, social opportunity where you can talk to somebody that's an entrepreneur, a licensed professional in their field where they're recognized and admired, you know, spend some time with them, you know, see if you can get some mentorship, see what you can do to be useful to them. Don't go and say, hey, hey, man, you know, can I pick your brain? You know, is it okay if I can sit you down and pick your brain for a few minutes sort of thing? They don't like that, you know. You got to hit them with, hey, what can I do to be useful? You know, is there a way that I can help you, you know, with something in your business? Like, do you have a skill that could be useful to, I don't know, like a licensed professional that's in financial services or selling insurance products, and you know how to do SEO or you know how to uh, get local listings for businesses to rank high, you know, for example. There's certain things that you can hit them up with where they'll be willing to exchange their knowledge and their experiences and, you know, the way that they size up situations uh, by you offering some value. So just, you know, contemplate that, right? Very, very simple. Um, use mentors. Oh, the other notes I have over here. Um, read Joe Navarro's Dangerous Personalities. It's a great book. Um, he was an FBI profiler for many, many years. I think it was several decades, his career span. We got a got into his retirement years and he wrote a book called The Dangerous Personality Types. I think there's four outlined in that book. Um, they break down how to assess them, what the behaviors look like, what behaviors lead to certain other problems later on down the road. It's a great book. Joe Navarro, Dangerous Personalities. Check that out. Also read biographies. If you have a inkling to become an entrepreneur, read biographies by successful entrepreneurs. Success leaves clues. See how they did it. See what uh, problems they were up against, how they solved those problems, right? How do they size up different situations? A lot of them talk about these things in their biographies. Uh, Richard Branson's biographies are fantastic. Um, the one of Jeff Bezos, uh, The Everything Store is great. Um, even the Donald Trump ones were great as well. I know some people don't like him as a person, but he's got some good advice in his books. Um, and you can't argue with the popularity that the man has, right? So that's it. Those are the five main points. I hope you got something out of this that made some sense. If you did, you know, again, leave a like and throw a comment for me so I, uh, so I can get some uh, idea from you. Um, let me remind you again the uh, call in Q&A link is there so you can call in and ask me anything it's not it's uh it's a streamyard link make sure you have a good connection uh, ideally with headphones i'm going to throw my headphones in stand at the desk i'm going to run the ad reel and i'll be back in a couple of minutes and we'll get started with some uh, Q&A call
This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. So speaking of assessing situations, people sometimes ask me, Rich, why do you stand up? You know, can you stand up during more of your um, shows? I think it, it came up on the ladies night last, last week. I stand up because it's easier for me to assess situations because when you're standing up, there's some movement, you're standing on your legs, you get to move around. Plus I get to, I don't want to sit on my ass all day. Right. So I do a better job of what it is that I want to do. So this is some self-awareness, right? These are all things that you have to test out for yourself to see what you like. Um, all right, let's go to Collins. Uh, Rob, I'll pull you in first. You're going to have to unmute your mic. I got Steven, Chris. Okay, so again, guys, if you want to call in, um, the link for StreamYard is there. Hit it, join me, and let's chop up whatever you got going on in your mind. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rich. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? Doing very well. What's going on tonight? Um, you know what? Um, new to the community here. Um, interesting. I'll try to uh, keep it really quick for you, but um, stumbled upon you on Twitter and then um, uh, went down the rabbit hole a little bit, got kind of sidetracked with um, some other blue pilled who claim to be so called masculine and, 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 and woke red pilled people that are out there and mm -hmm. um, had a bad case of oneitis. Went through some bad, some bad um, situation. I'm still kind of coming out of a divorce. Luckily enough, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. A, it's not a bad uh, situation. An adult child, uh, so so no real concern there. Also in the uh, uh, kind of GTA area, so dealing with uh, our lovely politics. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, you know, read the book. Uh, now twice actually right left a review for you thanks i think you're, i think you're doing a great service for everybody here um certainly took a lot away from it uh my one itis i think i was looking at like 
12 of the red flags <laughs> like literally so <laughs> i was in a yeah Did they seem like red flags when you met her yeah you know what there was multiple times where i was just like man this is a lot of work this this one's a lot of work like um i'm a drummer i'm a musician so i mean i've always had a no problem spinning plates and meeting women, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but again, I was married for a long time, so I was doing the the, the family thing as I, as I, as is expected of us. But um, yeah, no, um, that one kind of, and that's a whole nother story for another show. I can really get into that one. That's that's a quite an interesting story with that one. Are there some um, lessons that you want to share, or did you have a question that you wanted to ask? Yeah, you know what? No. Um, I think the yeah uh, the lessons that I'd, uh, I'd like to share is just basically you know what like opening your eyes to those red flags period if I'd have known once again I've heard many people say it on your show before but it's like if I'd have read that your book and and even just the chap the red flag chapter that you share uh, freely with everybody man I could have saw some some stuff at the beginning and just like I don't know why I stuck around for as long as I did and let it get as bad as it was but um yeah I mean uh, some other takeaways you know what actually reading your book inspired me to go out and get my motorcycle license I now drive a uh, Harley Davidson Street Glide how do you and, like that uh, oh I love it did you ever have a bike before <laughs> you know what I grew up like uh doing the whole motocross thing and everything, bikes, but yeah. I never yeah I never switched to street bikes um I had a friend at an early age when I was in my mid-teens that got killed by a drunk driver on a head-on collision in a truck and kind of that you know kind of changes your your mindset at the time is like mm, yeah. maybe yeah so but you know many years later um picked it back up and yeah definitely the best thing uh that i've done in the past that's literally in the past year or so it's great therapy uh, yeah it is incredible therapy um i did the whole therapy thing as well that the one-itis and the divorce and all this kind of stuff going on yeah. um that i i went down that rabbit hole but i think um you made a quote or you've said a few times, you know, like when you were working out on top of the therapist office, you'd never seen a motorcycle parked outside the, the therapist. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can totally relate. It's like, it's just like getting out there on your bike. And it's just like, that's the best therapy that I ever need um, at that point. Yeah, just a, a couple of comments, um, you know, uh, okay, glad, so to be, glad to be in here. I just, uh, I took, uh, I just joined a, a school of entrepreneurship. School of entrepreneurship oh, that, so. yeah. I'm super stoked to get get into that. Um, Have you gone through all the lectures, or are you just starting it now? No, I'm just starting it. Okay, cool. Yeah, just just diving into it. All right. Um, I do have a job, a nine to five, an IT guy. So, um, yeah. So I haven't had as much time to devote to it as I as I'd like to. But um, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll see there. you on the Zoom calls for the School of Entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Then. All right, cool, Rob. Thanks for popping yeah. in. Thanks see for your time, Rich. All right, cheers. Uh, let's give Steve a shout here. What's up, Steve? Hey. Hey, Rich, I'm good. Um, if my connection is poor, I can cut my cam. No, you're good. What do you got for me tonight? Okay. Um, a few comments and a question. First, mm -hmm. I want to thank you for, for your advice. Last time I was on your show, um, I was, you know, having a bit of the baby rabies as a guy, and you kind of helped set me straight about, you know, waiting for the right situation, cream rises to the top, and, you know, mm -hmm. deal with that then. And, and that really helped settle me. Since that time, I've actually gotten involved as a teacher. So now I teach uh, five through nine-year-olds, and it's definitely it's scratched the itch that I had. So I'm totally good, and I just want to, again, thank you for your advice on that. Um, the other comment I'll add, I, I missed the beginning part of your show, but I caught the tail end about mentorship. And i just like mm -hmm. to say, you know, I was a managing director um, in the finance world and definitely had people underneath me. And... Um, and you're absolutely right. People who are hungry to just 
to be involved, those are the best. And I, and as a man, you know, managing director, I pour as much into them as I can in terms of knowledge and skills. And I give them as much opportunity as they can take. So, you know, your tips are spot on for anyone else who's listening. I mean, that's the way to go if you're looking for mentorship. Um, the question I have for you is, um, I guess, a, a female question. Um, so a little bit off topic from entrepreneurship, but I've become involved with a woman and um, the relationship is actually going really well. Um, I have unique circumstances because right now at the time I'm, I'm living in a uh, basically a commune in a sense. So it's a bit of a challenge for me. She lives on the outside, but she comes and, and visits um, and I'm going to move out of here. I think I'm moving to Asia. She wants to come with the relationship's going well. She's entering my frame. She's, you know, she's useful in so many ways. Um, everything's great, but there are a couple, you know, sort of like red flags. I mean, she does have a child. This is a long distance situation as it's, as it is right now. We've been kind of, where do you live and where does she live? I live in Tennessee. She lives in Illinois, which is where I used to live. I actually okay. knew her for several years before I moved here. Mm. But then when I would go, I go to Chicago, you know, from time to time, every few months, and I just hit her up when I'm there. And then she started coming down here to see me. So we see each other every couple months. And it's just been kind of a loose thing. But this has been going on for a while now. And so it's starting to coalesce. And I just wanted to get your take on that. If you know, I've heard you say other things that you know, you look at the red flags, it's going to be hard to find someone that's completely clean on them. But if there's one or two, you know, assess it closely. So I just want to get your take on that. Um, you know, what it's like, she, she's a bit older than me, actually. So that how idea, you, of like, how old is she? I'm 40, she's 49. Um, that's just, I know, I know. You want to have kids? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Not really, you know, what your advice and then now teaching, you know, and being with all these kids all the time, it's definitely scratched the itch. I don't have any personal need for like a personal legacy. That's just, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. I just want to enjoy my life, mm -hmm. you know, and I enjoy being around kids and, and I've known her, her child since the child's like four or five. So I've, I've known this woman for like six years. We just started getting involved about a year ago, mm -hmm. but, um, that's, that's the situation. I was just wondering, you know, your thoughts on it. Um, I know it's limited for you to know, but yeah. Well, okay. So what are the red flags? So let's start with that. Cause you said something about that earlier. Yeah. Basically, you know, she does have a child, um, with another man, but she got, she was, you know, around approaching, you know, the wall, the 40 and mm -hmm. he was like, oh, I want to have a child. So she had a child with a guy that she knew, but knew he was never going to be her husband. Mm -hmm. So it was almost an intentional, I'm going to like co-parent with this man. And, and so they do co-parent. They don't live together. They Old split the time. The kid at this point is 11. I mean, like, what's your goal here? Like, what are you trying to do with this uh, relationship? So I don't really. Actually, let's just set aside this relationship. What are you looking for for yourself? You know, putting yourself first. Yeah, putting myself first, I'm looking for someone who can, you know, uh, augment my life and my lifestyle, you know, um, share experiences with, but also do things, you know, that either I don't have time to do or don't have the mm -hmm. skill set to do. You know, she mends my clothing, cleans my place. Every time she comes over, she starts cleaning. Um, you know, she's very useful. And there's other things like that we have in common that I see that we can do together. Um so it's just an augment. So in general, that's what I'm looking for, an augment to my life, just to kind of enhance 
what's already there because I'm content as I am. My, I guess the reason I'm asking this question is, is, is I'm trying to understand, should I cut this loose? Even though it's great, like there's really no problems at all. You know, occasionally she, you know, might You're also get, planning like, on moving too. You said you, you said something about going to Asia. Yeah. I'm looking to, uh, to, you know, buy a place in, in Asia, relocate, have another base of operations there mm-hmm. here in the U S it's kind of split time back and forth. And she's very interested in that and in, in joining me on that. Um, what does she do for a living? She cuts hair. She's a, which is another, probably another red flag. I don't know. Being a hairdresser. It's one of those, um, so you got a 49 year old hairdresser with an 11 year old kid. Pretty much. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. that's why I'm asking. I, I needed a sober assessment. I mean, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. So why would you settle for it? Um, be- because she really, her desire for me is very strong. It's very, very strong. And, and okay, so, I, I want to pick women who want me as opposed yeah, yeah. to. No, I get chasing. it. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. Like I always say, you know, make sure she's got GBD, right? Genuine burning desire, uh, you know, choose women that choose you, you know, sort of thing. But if you're going to be going back and forth from the States to Asia and she wants to come along with you, guess who else is coming along with you? The kid. So you're paying for her because she's not going to have money to pay for flights because she's a hairdresser. You're going to pay for her kid, a child that's not yours, doesn't have your name, doesn't have your DNA. You're raising another man's kid. You're basically a cuckold, right? At that point, like I talked about in my book. Yeah, no, that's not the case because that's the whole Asia thing's not going to happen until this child is grown and out. Like, I'm going to go there. Okay, so you're talking like in nine, ten years. Well, yeah, like seven years once she gets 18 and, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're going to Asia, why don't you just get something over there? I I, I can. I have. It's it's relatively easy to do. It's just... um, I found with the cultural differences, like I've been in relationships with people who are not, you know, in American mm-hmm. and it's great. And this it's gal fun, is an American or is she? She's, she's, an, she's an American, 100% American, but she happens yeah. to be of, of Asian ethnicity. Oh, okay. So you like um, Asian women? No, I like all women. This okay. just happens to be the flavor of, you know, Got the it. time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It might seem nice and comfortable and easy right now. You know, she cleans your house and she's in your frame and she's got genuine burning desire and, you know, like all, all that sort of stuff. But as you start to intertwine your lives together and you and you travel and you do things, she, she's going to expect you to do things and pay for things for this child that isn't yours. And things won't be getting better, you know, when you're spending more time together and involving her kid into the relationship. They're going to get a lot more complex. I mean, I think you said you read my book twice, right? I no, I didn't say that. I actually haven't read oh, your book at all. Sorry, I'm it was so smart. <laughs> sorry, it was Rob that said that. He was the previous caller. Read my book twice, three times. There's a chapter in there on single mothers and everything you need to understand when it comes to dealing with single moms and why they're not ideal. Um, to sum it up, basically, you are going to have respons- like parental responsibility to her child. And you're probably not going to have much, if any, authority over that kid. You're going to have a lot of expectations of you as you start to intermingle your lives, right? But, you know, your your uh, boundaries and anything that you want to enforce or if you want to put yourself first in some regard, 
Um, it's always going to come back to her and, you know, this kid. It's just not ideal, right? Like if you can get a woman that doesn't have a child in tow, you're going to be far, far better off. You're going to have a lot more freedom. You're going to have a lot more fun. Like, like there's women out there that don't have a ton of red flags that are also uh, like don't have children or dudes, kids, you know, in tow. Um, can you do it? Sure. Uh, but your life will become a, a lot more complex unnecessarily before mine will. Right. Right. Like I'm, I'm with a gal that's younger than me and she doesn't have any kids. You're talking about a kid that's, or a woman that's older than you and she's got kids and she's got a very low, low paying job. Right. So you're going to be on the hook for taking care of her and this kid as well. Right. I don't know what a hairdresser gets paid, you know, in her state, but I'm assuming it's like what, 30, 35,000 a year. Not much. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not disputing any of it. I'm, and I'm aware of that risk. So for those reasons, I have not done been involved with her child in that regard at all. Like I, I, I set that boundary. I'm not, you know, doing that. And she doesn't keep that, need me or want me. Keep that, keep that boundary firm then. So if you want to keep dealing with her, make sure that's an absolute firm bound. Like I have friends right now that are involved with single mothers and they're like, Rich, love your shit, read your book, da, 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 da sort of thing. Right. But they will not. And they have no interest in meeting their kids, their family, doing Thanksgiving, Christmas or any of that stuff with them. They're like, it's a firm line. You know, we're dating, we're seeing each other, you know, we're having fun. That's it. It's never going to happen. Right. So that's that's one way to see if she's really in your frame and if she really has genuine burning desire to see if she'll overlook it, because most women will be like, I kind of want him to get involved with all this over here. And I want like the whole package. I just don't want to, to date. I just don't want to go over and have sex and clean up his apartment or whatever. Right. Mm. Okay. I, it's just uh, not ideal. I, yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking. I, um, cause most of the women I date are younger and, um, but there's a, there's a term in the, um, in J Japan, which we're moving to, uh, when you date a woman that's slightly older than you, it's called a golden slipper. Yeah. Because they, they do so much to care for you, which is really nice because she fits right into my frame. And, but, um, but I agree, it's not ideal. So, you know, I. Let me just say like one more thing. This is going to be a little bit harsh. I mean, there's a meme floating around out there talking about Asian women and when they hit menopause. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I have not. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. Hold on a second. Meme. Because it's just, yeah, there it is. I'll put it up on the screen. Let me just, uh, I got to find one that's that's not cropped out or whatever. Uh, how about that one? Pinterest. I have to sign in to look at a freaking picture. Give me a break. I don't use Pinterest. I, I can search for it on my own. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Okay, I, I want to make the point here, man. We got to, you know, we got to. Okay, here we go. It's not, I probably can't put it up on the screen, but you get the, but I mean, you'll get the uh, visual here from, from it. Mm -hmm. so I can, uh, share screen. And Asian women, there it is. It's kind of off to the side over here. Does it get no, it doesn't get any bigger. We'll do it like that. <laughs> 18, 20 to 30, 30 to 50. You know, she's looking hot, and then it's like bang, this is what you're gonna get. Okay, she's yeah. 49. She is not far from that. 
Yeah. I hate to say it, but no. you know, like I'm not here to fluff you up with rainbows and butterflies and lie to you. So I'm just telling you the truth, man. Like they, you know, they don't age well, right? Like when yeah. they when they hit that, they hit it hard. Fair enough. I'll end with letting you know um, this isn't my first motorcycle, but I did buy a CBR 600 RR a month ago. A couple months nice. Ago. What year? Uh, 2008. How do you used. like it? I love it. And, Fantastic, the, okay. and the, the other thing I'll add to that is um, I, I was able to work on it. You know, it's, it was a little banged up. So I fixed some parts, mm-hmm. you know, added some customization myself. And, and I love working on cars and, you know, built like everything, working with my hands. And, you know, for all your viewers, working on motorcycles is so easy. You don't really need a lot of tools, but you still get all that kind of enjoyment. So it's just been a blast. Yeah, and, Honda uh, CBRs will go forever, too. They don't need much. Just yeah. change oil, put gas in, and you're good to go. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rich. Steve, do yourself a favor. Get the book. Read it. The stuff on single moms is really important to understand. All right. I'll order it right now. All right, bud. Take care. See ya. All right. Um, let me just remove that. Stop screen. Uh, got Dustin up next. Let's take Dustin. We got Rory after that. Again, guys, if you want to call in, you can ask me anything. The link is in the live chat of YouTube. It's always there during live shows. Uh Dustin, what's up, man? Hey, um, so for me, it's more of, um, um, can you hear me? I got you loud and clear. Yeah, fire away. What do you got for me? So it's more in the area of like um, doing the work and, and just kind of like, I don't know. When you say guys tend to overcomplicate things and come up with shit, I feel like that's maybe what I'm doing. What's the work that you need to do that you're avoiding? Um, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know what I'm, I know what I'm doing or probably just fucking up on Sean progressing forward, but it's like, I, I'm doing things in my life, um, to try and become a better person and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the, the one thing that I think thinking that is like severely lacking like career wise and like i am currently losing weight um working out like four times a week and stuff um what's your height and weight right now i'm at 510 255 and what did you start out with when you got into uh losing the weight um earlier this year in january i was about 284 okay that's a pretty good improvement um and like it's just i like these past couple years i was like kind of living underneath a rock with just um chasing after like for education and then doing like internships Mm -hmm. like volunteering my free time and so like just social wise wasn't social up until this year and um and because of that it's like you like someone that's completely on a strict diet and then you start giving them cookie dough and it's just completely, you know? And so I think I was socialized maybe too much. Um, and then in the summer, like there are school districts. Let me just stop out. you here to sort of like get to get to the meat and potato of this. I've got a magic wand that I can wave right now to solve your problem. What is the problem? What does that look like? Probably finances. Money. Yeah. Okay. So what's your money problem? Um, like right now, uh, I'm currently like only 
for sure occupation I have is like doing Uber Eats. So you do what? Uber Eats? Hours. Yeah. Delivery. How much does that pay you monthly? I'm not sure. Just I just started doing it a couple of weeks ago. And what were you doing before that? Uh, I was coaching at a college. Coaching what? Um, doing like weight training and stuff. Weight training coaching? Yeah. And they just like let everyone go in our department without telling us. How, uh, I mean, you're going to have to forgive me here, but I got to point to the obvious because I know that, you know, people in the comments are asking, but how are you in a position to coach weight training if you're overweight? So this was like strength conditioning. So power, like power. Yeah. For athletes. Okay. Is that what you do? You do powerlifting? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, like you'll end up with a big burly physique, but that's not ideal. I mean, especially as you get older and if you're yeah. not professional, and you're not good at it. Like what's the point in carrying the extra fat? Right. Um, okay. So you've, so, I mean, you've gone and done like the easy thing that everybody always does, which, which like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like Lyft, Uber, Uber eats, it doesn't seem to pay a lot. Like it, it's, it, it seems to keep people pretty freaking broke, right? Like, yeah. How many? How much you make in a week on average? I mean, you got to have an idea of what that looks like. I don't know. It's just like each day I try to like get close to like 120. And you've of course got your gas and your, uh, you know, like your repairs and maintenance on a vehicle too. But gas yeah. is going to be your main expense unless it's like an electric vehicle. If you drive an electric vehicle, or is it gas? Yeah. It's gas. Okay, so it's going to cost you more to move around, like. <sighs> How old are you, Dustin? 34. If you could lean five years in the future and paint a picture of the kind of life that you want, what does that look like? Um, more than financially stable and acting. Acting? What do you mean acting? Um, earlier, like I've done some stuff this year to become a better person. It yeah. just feels like in this one area, it's since I was let go and stuff, I don't know, it just it slowed down. Like I, I have plenty of things that I like to do. Um, and earlier in the summer, towards the end of the summer, I did took some professional headshots and then started sending them out to like agencies where I live. And I signed with an agency. And um, these past couple weeks, I've been taking acting classes. Mm -hmm. so, How's that going? Good. It's just, it's something that I really, uh, really enjoy. And I think I'm decent at it from the compliments that I've been getting and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, Where do you live? Uh, in Arizona. There's not much of a, uh, I mean, is there many opportunities for you to get any jobs there for acting? Uh, for like commercial market, there is modeling stuff. It's kind of, they say, I think it's like script work. I mean, I mean, it's not the ideal place. I think I think Toronto probably has more films than Arizona does. I think I think Toronto and uh, Vancouver probably has way more going on um, for stuff like that. So you're in the wrong zone, you know, for starters. Um, what's your line of work? Like, are you a powerlifting coach or something? Like, what do you? No, so like I I have like a degree in physical education, and then I have a master's in kinesiology. Okay. And so, um, like athletic strength conditioning or athletic weight training was like my specialization. It's just been like extremely difficult to get into the college uh, sector where I initially wanted to go. 
Yeah. And then when you're there, it's like you're basically getting paid teacher salary and yeah. more hours in a public school. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, you've just figured out how not to make money and get rich, right? Yeah. Like you legitimately do everything that they've told the vast majority of the, the population, culture, school, Hollywood, TV, government, go out and get a job, get your degrees, get your master's and this yeah. and that, and you'll get paid fine and you'll get a good job, but you're stuck in a situation now where you're driving for Uber Eats, right? Um, do you also do like Uber and Lyft, like, uh, like taxi rides, you know, sort of thing? Uh, I don't do that. Is there, is there not a lot of, like, is there less money in that than there is for Uber Eats? I'm or not sure. I haven't tried the vehicle. Like I drive like a, like a Jeep looking vehicle. Okay. So I'm just not sure. Cause I think they're kind of strict on that for those. I think it's gotta be a four door, like 2006 or newer or something like that. I don't, I don't know what the rules are, but, um, yeah, I mean, dude, like you've got first. I mean, like you've the good news is you're at the bottom, so yeah. you got nowhere to go but up, right? So that's the good news, right? Like anything, anything that improves your life beyond the you know where it is today is going to yeah. be a significant improvement, right? You know, if you get a a commercial job, if you get you know something you know back in your field that you've worked in in the past, I mean. Are you out there applying for jobs in other schools or other you know places where you got the opportunity to get hired and do the same thing with uh, strength training? Yeah, kinesiology, I mean, like all the stuff that you've been trading on. I've been applying. Um, it just sucks being in this position. Position because like I'm doing other things. Like I've been taking like country dance lessons, um, acting classes, mm -hmm. uh, learning how to play the electric guitar. Um, you know, working out and dieting. So like I'm doing things on my own to try and improve myself and improve my value. It just feels like this aspect is kind of like anchored like back there, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't have a lot of confidence either, right? I mean, I can tell that your, you know, you know, your demeanor and your general posture is, is you don't seem to have a, a, a very strong opinion of yourself and where you're going right now, right? Like you'd like to be an actor. Uh, like, have you read Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography? Have you read anybody's biography? In that area? No, it's just mostly the short YouTube videos that they have. So his entire biography, you know, covers life from Austria up to, you know, becoming the governor and, you know, beyond. But he spends a good part of it talking about how he got into movies and the films and how hard he had to work to do that. Right. Um, I think that you should spend some time improving your mindset because everything that you're doing today and the results that you're getting is coming from your beliefs and the choices that you make, right? Like the fact that you're at the age that you're at right now and you're struggling with money and you got laid off and you're, and you're still overweight and you're looking for, I mean, like your thing seems to be like, I want to get into acting. Like I want to be on a screen. Like I can tell you've got like a, very specific backdrop there, you know, behind you with movies and, and characters and figurines and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Right. Like it's, it's your stick, right? Like I get it, Yeah. but how are you going to stand out from the crowd and, and get hired for gigs like this? If you're down and, you know, down in the dumps and down on yourself, and you're not physically fit. Like, like what role will you play? The shitty role is something that comes up that I don't want. So, like why? 
Like why even start with a shitty role in something that you don't want if it, you know, if it comes up? Yeah. And I don't want that. Okay, so what would your ideal role be? If you could have any role, if your casting agent could call you right now and say, I got it for you, what is that role? I, I told when I was taking my uh, professional headshots and I was talking, the excitement came from saying that it would be awesome if someday I was able to be cast as like Freddy Krueger or like in a horror role or like James Bond, something like that. Well, there's no 255 pound, five foot 10 James Bond, Freddy Krueger, or any of those roles. So, first thing you got to do is get yourself down to a healthy weight, which is going to be under 200 pounds for your height. So, start there. Because, I mean, if you want to get cast in those roles, like if that's what you want to do, if you don't want to do the shitty roles and you have to get like, you're on camera, you know, it's, you know, the optics of acting, you know, are going to require that you, that you look at a certain part, you know, certain roles. So start there if you want to get those roles. Otherwise, you're always going to do just like the shitty things that you don't like. Yeah. It all starts here, man. Like everything here's like everything that you get out of life starts with your belief system. If you don't believe that you're worthy of it, I mean, like I asked you, like, you know, what kind of role are you going to get? You're like, ah, oh, some shitty role that I probably don't want. That's exactly what you're going to get. Like, that's what you're going to attract into your life, right? So yeah. If your belief system is calibrated and coordinated in such a way that it makes good choices, then the results that come from those choices from your beliefs will fully align. Boom. Right. So start with that. Get your health in order. I mean, you need money. So, you know, do what you got to do to make money, but don't make shit money. I mean, don't Uber Eats is probably like, I don't know what it pays, dude, but I know people that drive Uber. And it's like, it doesn't pay that much. So no. I can't So I can't imagine that Uber Eats pays any better. No, it doesn't. It's just like something like I got let go and I was like, shit. And dude, everybody, everybody, when I hop into an Uber and I talk to them, like they sound exactly like you. They're just like, <laughs> oh, this fucking sucks. I have to do this because I need yeah. the money and I got to eat and I got rent to pay, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's like. Now, I've been filling out applications. Fill it, fill it applications, eat better, do 200 pushups a day, get out, you know, get your steps in, you know, get your walks in, get some sunshine on you, you know, get the vitamin D, you know, get your mood up, read books on, you know, successful people that are doing things that you want to do, right? You want to get an acting, you know, you want to get cast. And I would start reading, you know, biographies on people that you admire, you know, start there. Uh, and question like i i listened to your book on audible mm -hmm. and i'm listening to the rational mail about uh, oh, i can't i don't know how far i am that's like the one benefit that doing uber eats has been doing is like the times that i am doing it for the hours it's just clicking on your the recommended videos of yours that pop up yeah um and just all day pretty much every day get, get arnold schwarzenegger's biography and listen to the segment specifically on how he got started on his acting career when you're driving then go and find the next you know actor that you admire that you know talks about how they got like uh matthew mcconaughey did a book what's it called green lights or red lights or something like that i haven't listened to it yet but i've heard it's fantastic you know similar sort of timeline right like find 
icons that are doing what it is that you want to do because everything that you need to know is 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 in that piece of literature forget about hypergamy and solipsism and all that other shit fuck that for the time being okay like you can that. figure that out later <laughs> no forget about that shit man forget about that shit for like the market no 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 forget about that shit you know what you want to do start doing things every single day that 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 drive you to the goal of what it is that you want to do it's as simple as this dustin when you get up every day and you do something and you have the opportunity to sit down, watch something, drive somewhere, ask yourself, is this going to get me to where I want to be? Right? Like you have a clear picture of where you want to be. Only do things that get you to that place as often as possible. I mean, there's certain things that, you know, you're going to have to depart from get your grocery shopping, you know, make a little bit of money here and there. But just about everything that you do from the time that your head gets up from the pillow to the time your head rests on the pillow, you, your mind, everything that you're doing needs to align with where you want to go and do that almost all of the time with almost no exceptions whatsoever. Get disciplined about it. Okay. Will do. All right, Dustin. See you later, bud. Thanks. Thank um, yeah. Can, can we trust Arnold? Remember when he said, fuck your freedom during the pandemic? Yeah. I, I, you know, I got this bucket list. And one of the things on my bucket list was to play chess with Arnold. And ever since that uh, bullshit happened, you know, with the scamdemic, I'm like, fuck this guy. I don't want to sit down. But he, look, he's, you know, he's done something very impressive with his life. So I'll never take that away from him. Uh, let's go to Rory over here. Rory. Hey, Rachel, what's going on? What's crack a lacking, man? What can you what can I do for hey, you? Hey, I've been on here a couple of times. I just wanted to say thank you, as I always do. Um, you're providing just a huge value to the men's community, as I'm sure you're aware. But uh, I wanted to, if I could, just say thank you in, in one regard and then also speak a little bit towards um, Steve's dilemma. I was in a similar dilemma not that long ago, maybe a year, year yeah. and a half, mm -hmm. um, involved with a single mommy and, you know, things were going well. I was justifying it because she was um, this and that and da, 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 but two kids in tow from another guy mm -hmm. and just kept evaluating the situation and thinking about it and listening to, you know, your talks about it and kind of the, the content that's out there and made the tough decision to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't easy, right? You know, you develop an emotional bond with somebody and there's always that baggage and always that, that, ripping off of the band-aid as it were but you bond with your kids too so that's hard to walk away from as well for guys absolutely being a role model and you know kind of like they're they're obviously they were what 10 and 9 so they were looking for somebody to mm -hmm. fill that role uh, but anyway like i said about a year and a half ago and i've completely stepped away from that and met somebody much more suited to my lifestyle and my goals and it was a thousand percent worth it. So uh, something that Steve mentioned was the fact that she was, she had, um, you know, that genuine burning desire for him. Mm -hmm. And I recognized that in, in his statement. And that's why, what made me want to jump on is because that's what held me for the time that I was in that relationship was that realization of she really wants me. She really wants to make this work. And it was part of a realization for me in regards to I'm the prize, right? She wants to hold on to me because she knows the consequences of letting go of a guy that's, 
you know, in his early thirties making bank and mm -hmm. ha has the world at, at his fingertips. So, you know, like I said, took that, took that plunge and walked away. And I'm, I'm so, so glad I did. Good for you, so, man. No, it's a great share because guys don't really see or want to see that there's, that there's something on the other side of that. And it's like, you know, when you create a vacuum, then you can fill it with something else. And you're not going to have a vacuum if you're, you know, day and night dealing with her and her kids. Right. Right. Definitely. So to everybody out there that's, you know, like Steve and in that similar situation, if if there's any question about it, to take the leap, it's 100% it's worth it. Cool. All right. Thanks, Rory. Absolutely. Thanks. See you, bud. Take care. All right. Let's go and grab Nick here. Uh, Nick, you're up, buddy. What can I do for you? Hey, Rich, I just want to thank you for all the help that you've given me. I was the guy back in January that was a pastor with six kids and one on the way, had the false DV. Um, still going through hell of a divorce, but your your advice really helped. Um, read your book probably three, four times. Well, fourth time going through the second edition. Cool. Listened to it five times on the audio. Um, <clears throat> I do have a, a question. First, I did want to thank you because your material is really helpful. I've recommended your book to about 10 people I've come across this past year. Awesome. So, um, um, phenomenal book. Um, landed on my feet. I'm a petroleum landman right now, so I'm making a lot more money than I did. Um, I work out probably five to seven times a week uh, between, you know, running and lifting weights. It's getting boring. I'm trying to get into a martial art, but my job puts me out of town three to four weeks out of the month and I'm mm -hmm. home maybe a week or two. Would that be a potential problem getting into a martial art or how would you go about that? You're around a bunch of guys. Yeah. Do you have spare time, you know, when you're off or, you know, when you're working for three, four weeks or is it like 15 hour work days and you sleep? And that's about six o'clock comes around. I got the whole day free. Why don't you put something together? Why don't you put something together with the guys that you work with? Maybe, uh, you know, grab some gloves, some wraps, some headgear, mouth guards, and do some sparring. That's an idea. Right? Yeah. You know, you can blow off some steam. Um, you know, you, you don't need anything. I mean, you can set up a ring with some pylons. You don't need any pylons. Put, put four chairs in a corner and have, you know, guys sort of stand in the corners and push you back in if you get out of the ring sort of thing. But start with anything. Right. I mean, like whatever you happen to fancy, uh, some people like, uh, jujitsu, you know, you just need mats for that. So, you know, something to roll around on. Right. So it really depends on what it is that you like. Do you have, do you have anything that you prefer? I did wrestling in high school. So, I mean, All right, well, you know, you can wrestle, you get some mats, you know, sort of thing and test each other. It's great. It's like, I mean, if you did wrestling in high school, then you must remember what it, what it was like to test yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah, and get your butt slammed on the floor all the time. <laughs> you either get your ass handed hey, somebody else, you know, <laughs> or you smoke some other dude, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's nothing more humbling than testing your strength and your skills against another man, and they, you know, they clock you one in the face. <laughs> I've had it happen a few times. It's pretty wild, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not do that? That's a good idea. I got a couple people I can talk to about that too. Because I mean, like, otherwise you got to go to a facility. You need you need bags. You need you know, like all kinds of equipment and stuff. Like, unless they can set something up for you. Do you guys have a gym? Yeah, I got a gym that I go to here in town where I'm. Where I no, no, I mean, like when you're off on assignment, like. Yeah, there's a gym here. I have a membership here. Oh, okay. So. Do, yeah. So do they have bags? Do they have like a gymnasium with mats or anything like that? 
they got some mats and bags, yeah. Over Boom. The corner, so there you go. Boom. So just talk to your boys and call them a, a pussy and say, come on, you know, let's go test ourselves. And, you know, you razz them a little bit. You know, you rattle their cage. You'll be like, all right, Nick, let's go. Come on, you know, see, what, you know, we'll see what you got. You know, you might end up with a couple of black eyes or something That's like okay. that. But, you know, like whatever you happen to want to do, just, you know, just make sure that it's all, you know, for testing and in good fun. But, you you know, but you go at each other, right? Like, you know, men have to test each other. Like it's incumbent oh, yeah. on us, right? Absolutely. I love it, man. Do it. Do it. How's everything else going with the uh, kids and the divorce? You get to see your oh, kids just much? Got, uh, no, uh, they they live out of state and six hours away. But uh, I'm able to see them every other weekend. But with my work, that's not quite happening. So, um, do you see them every other weekend, or the work stopping you no, from? No, I can't. I mean, I can't. I'd be like twelve hours away. And then she's got you on obligations for payment, right? Too. Oh uh, no, she screwed that up. Oh, okay. They'll get, me. They'll get me eventually. Okay. She okay, tried to so go you're... to different states to get okay. me different ways. <laughs> so you're dealing with that stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So there you go, man. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> no, nah, man. Thank you for your help and your work. And I recommend your book to so many people and just keep up. Keep it up. Thank, Thank you. Th thanks, Dick, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Um, yeah, guys. If you haven't read the book, again, the second edition is now available on Amazon, hardback, uh, paperback, and Kindle. The Audible will be available probably before the end of the month, uh, tops. Uh, grab a copy and do me solid. You know, once you've gone through it, leave a review on Amazon. Tell, tell other guys what value you got from the book. I Look, man, like I love you guys calling me in and, hey, you know, you've been helpful with this that and the other thing but if you really want to help me out just go to amazon after you've got the book and leave a written review and just let people know because um that's where it helps to try to get the word out and uh, spread it um all right let's do one more real quick we got Wahlberger in the house Wahlberger. hey rich how you doing good buddy what's up man i just wanted to uh, make a little comment get your thoughts on uh just government in general, um, particularly in Canada, but also all over the world. Um, they kind of get off with a free pass in, in being stating that they're just incompetent. What yeah. I don't think it's it's incompetence. I think they're utilizing uh, obfuscation as a strategy. Um, and, and so that's why I wanted to kind of throw, throw your direction, see what you think. So... 2011 to 13, I was doing lobbying at um, the Ontario uh, government level because they had a bill they were pushing through Parliament on, uh, and it dealt with a bunch of other areas, but it dealt specifically with my industry with debt settlement. So I was dealing with NDP, conservatives, liberals. Um, the NDP uh, critic on the bill at the time was Jagmeet Singh, by the way, who's uh, you know the federal uh, NDP leader now. Yeah, he's a real treat. Um, he, he's a liar. He's a lying sack of shit. You know, he looked me in the eyes and said, "No, we're not going to co-sign this. Uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't do what we want it to do. So, you know, we're going to shut it down." And like everybody, everybody just says words that they think sound good as long as they can keep their job, right? Like that's all that politicians and bureaucrats are, and nobody understands that until you spend some time with them. So. I mean, like the notion that they might be obfuscating or they might be doing this or the other thing or they're incompetent, they're super competent, or maybe they're 
Maybe they're like legitimately sitting down together and trying to collaborate to find a way to pussify us or whatever that happens to be. I, I honestly don't think that they're they're capable of collaborating and coordinating in that to that degree. They're just idiots. And all they care about is their job. All they care about is having a seat and getting paid, getting their summers off or whatever the, you know, the schedule happens to be for when they don't have to be in the house. Um, it's a, it's a very well-paying job with no accountability. You know, they can make the worst choices and you cannot hold them accountable to any of those choices. Right. Um, so the thing that I always keep telling people is stop voting for big government, vote for the smallest government possible and the most freedom possible. And that has nothing to do with any of the options right now in Canada. Anyway, uh, your, your best option is going to be Max Bernier. Um, but they don't even have a single seat right now. So that's my take well, on it. Well, exactly. My point is that they are looking to just keep their jobs. So it's just really looking to get their party in so they can keep their uh, cushy seats and their yep. pension and so forth. Their pensions or benefits and everything. Yep. It's got nothing to do with, um, with what's best for the people. And, uh, and somehow um, these decisions clearly aren't benefiting people and yet we just say it's incompetence but it's not they're absolutely obfuscating they want to keep people divided so then it's against a team versus a team so then if one team wins and they're in power they're in seat if the other other wins and they're in power it's got nothing to do with any and they're paid a shitload of money i mean they should not be paid the amount of money that they're paid um, so hey, look, man, I just don't know why that, that, why that narrative of incompetence sticks. You know what I mean? Cause, cause people want free shit. They don't want freedom. They don't want accountability. They want free shit. They don't want to be accountable for anything. So if you vote for big government, you get free shit and they'll, and they'll forgive you for all your loser choices that you make in your life because people don't want ownership. They just don't yeah. want that. You know, well, it's, they want to so be caught here sit with, with like C11 coming through. And I don't know if, if you noticed or not, but I noticed the, the quality of information coming through to me has been lacking, I think, since Bill C-11 came through. Yeah, I um, think that, that 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 backfired a little bit because a lot of the uh, social media sites stopped showing, you know, Canadian news. Um, I don't think it affects me because you have to have a podcast that's doing, I think it's 10 million a year or something like that. Um, so it's, look, I mean, if shit gets uh, bad or, you know, you know, the extent where it, it, it really affects what I do, I could stop doing it. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it does, you know, to some degree, or I could just move somewhere else, but right. I've got anchors here, you know, holding me back. Cause I got family here. So, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things that you just sort of deal with I me. Mean, you know, like I keep telling people guys, if you want this, like it starts with voting for small government, it starts for voting for libertarian type of parties. Uh, Max Bernier is the only one that makes sense. The rest of them, it's just another shade of like red. Like it's like, you know, like even um, Pierre Polivier, I always, you know, pronounce his name wrong, but Polivier, Pierre, I think they're called Pierre Polivier. He's actually from Calgary. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a better choice than Justin Trudeau, but he's just another shade of red. Like he's just another liberal, right? Like he's afraid to, you know, say and do certain things, right? Like during the scandemic, he was co-signing just about everything. You know, when it comes to a lot of liberal policies, he doesn't push back that much. Now that the elections come in, now he's trying to differentiate himself and be like, oh, well, I'm totally different from you, you know, Mr. Trudeau, but right. they're all pretty much the same. 
uh, trust me, like I sat with these guys for not even hours or days, but probably like a total of a month with, with each critic from each of the different party. And they're all the exact same dude. I sat there, I bought them lunch. I sat there and listened to them fucking ramble on about their stupid shit in their life. They're all the same. They're all the same. All they care about is themselves. That's it. Tough deal, man. Like you say, uh, keep your friends close and, and, uh, you know, prepare for what's coming. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Have See a good you, one. Peace. All right. Let's, um, yeah, let's do this. Let's just wrap it up. Uh, we'll call her an evening. We got uh, ladies night on Wednesday, 8 PM. Uh, really interesting panel. <laughs> you guys are going to get a kick out of some, some of the gals on this panel coming up on Wednesday night. So make sure you, uh, you know, you got your uh, notifications on for that for when we kick it off. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to prove to be a fun one. And again, guys, you know, skills, uh, learn them, own them, you know, take ownership for all these things. Um, just just get out there and do the damn work, man. It's, 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 it's the best payoff in your own life is, is taking ownership for your life and doing the work that's necessary to get the results that you want. It's just, it's just like that, man. Uh, anyway, here's the outro reel. We'll see you guys real soon. Have an awesome night. Peace out. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment